0: Hey, it's Ophira Eisenberg. This week, we're revisiting a very fun episode that we taped back in April, about a month into all of this, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Enjoy.
1: Oh, Ophira, is that, did I just hear you, uh, did you just open a beer?
0: Uh, yeah, it's not like I have anywhere to drive.
1: Yeah, no <laughs> That's that's true. I only ask because i I also I also have a beer.
0: Ah nice. What do you got there?
1: I have a, a Guinness Draft
0: Ooh,
1: here. Uh, nice. my one complaint about this Guinness Draft is that I think it is the one that sat outside after a Fourth of July party several years ago <laughs> for a Wait. couple of days in the backyard. And then we put it in the cabinets. And we're like, ah, oh, we should throw that away. But then I didn't throw it away. And that, it happens to be the only beer I have in the house right now. <laughs> but you know, li- these are hard times. And we have to make you go to war with the army you have.
0: Just a couple pals hanging out, doing a show. Do you want to play the doing song? Yeah, sure. Let, yeah, I'll play, th- play the song. Excellent.
1: Here we go. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from inside our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games and sweatpants. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Hey, Woo! Woo! So what's
1: new with you, Ophira? What, uh, what have you been up to?
0: What have I done? I've accidentally clicked on Instagram stories of people basically talking to the screen, and then they say, "Hello oh, like a live.
1: Yeah, one of the Instagram live uh, feeds, yeah. Yeah,
0: because they're talking. Everyone's just talking to each other. For all of us to be part watch. of, sure, to watch, yeah. But it is weird that we are just throwing it all, all out there.
1: Yeah, living, yeah. living my life through screens all the time. It's very, <laughs> it's weird, very wearying. I, you know, the the thing about it is, I have some friends who have taken to, uh, you know, calling me, like starting a Facetime with me, yeah, just out of the blue. Oh no, without any prep work, without any warning, and so suddenly. It's like their faces at my window. <laughs>
2: no.
0: Hi, yeah, are right. you here?
1: Are you here? You want to talk? And it's a, it's a, I find it weirdly intrusive.
0: Yeah, and you can just see their thought. They're like, oh, I'm just going to FaceTime with Jonathan right now. See yeah. what he's up to. And all of a sudden, you're I, like, uh.
1: Yeah, yeah. what are you doing in my house? That's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> it's like your annoying neighbor. Hi. 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 I can see it. I can see your home.
1: I do your home, and I, <laughs> I saw that you have $20, so I came by to borrow $20. <laughs>
0: So do you ignore them or do you pick them up?
1: No, I pick them up because I'm terribly lonely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and I, ju- I do, I have had similar things where, or even just phone calls. I, I do panic when someone calls me on the phone. And I really appreciate that some people know how to gracefully end a phone conversation because that is an art and it is a lost yeah. art. Because we all used to know how to do that. Just find the natural ending, the natural right. closure and leave.
1: My dad's thing is to say, well, I'll let you go. He says that every time. Oh, yeah. That's like one of my favorite. Like favorites. he's doing me a favor.
0: Right. Well, I know. I know you. And I'm going to let you go. I know you're go. busy.
1: I know you don't want to talk to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, my mother always used to say, love you, but leave you at the end of a conversation. <laughs> what is
1: that? That means I love you, but I'm leaving right now? The conversation? You know,
0: she would, uh, it, you know, she lived in Canada for... Um, Fifty years of her life, but it was always like she'd just gotten there, and so <laughs> I feel like she would take little things, like from songs or expressions or uh-huh. you know common sayings, and she would just re put them in her own uh, Assemble them into some
1: new some new idea. That's very right. cute. I like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. So at the end of a conversation, she'd be like, "Love you, but leave you." <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I think what that's a, what you say a, to <laughs> someone when you're breaking up with them. <laughs>
1: One of the funniest things that uh, a friend of mine ever did to me was I was talking to them on the phone, and it was nearing the end of the conversation, and they said, hey, tell me if this sounds like a phone hanging up, and then they hung up on me.
0: <laughs>
1: no. And for no. And for a second, I was like, yeah,
0: that really did sound... Hello? <laughs> that's terrible. No, it was Come funny. on. It was
1: a funny joke. I appreciated it.
0: Yeah, that's that's on par with the first time and only the first time that someone's voicemail was, you know, the old, Hello? Hello? <laughs>
1: I think my voicemail message is still like that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody.
3: That's great.
1: Well, Afira, I guess, uh, I guess I'll let you go. Uh, good to <laughs> no, no, talk no, no, to you. No, 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 no,
0: no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've oh. got some time. I know you've got some time. I do. I have
1: nothing but time.
0: <laughs> you know what I need? I need to do this show. It would really make me feel so much better
1: yeah I need to do the show too let's okay. let's do a show
0: Let's do a show. We have a packed episode on today's show joining us from his famed garage. We have podcast icon and actor Mark Marin, and we have two lovely sets of contestants. We played some games with musicians Amy Mann and Michael Penn. But first, we have New Yorker cartoonist Emily Flake and her husband John Pastori. Just so you know, we had some technical difficulties when we recorded this, but it still works, I think. I have no idea. I haven't slept in days. It's all a bit of a blur.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we're all doing our best here.
0: (laughs) That's right. Emily Flake and we wrangled in your husband, John Pastore, into this. Thanks. Hello. So uh, how are you guys doing? What are you doing to kind of keep sane?
4: Sane is not a metric I I acknowledge anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put a do not disturb on my child, by the way, so I can't guarantee this is going to totally be a completely fine. In- totally fine. <laughs> totally
0: fine. Yeah. No, we've we've had lots of interruptions as part of what it is. <laughs>
4: yeah. Emily,
0: uh, you've always been a baker, I know, because I mm-hmm. well know you in person, but also because you post the most amazing things that you. Ha- have concocted all the time on Instagram. Mm -hmm. How's your bacon game?
4: You know, the first couple weeks I was doing a lot of like stress and quarantine baking um, because it made me feel better. And I haven't baked anything this week in part because it seems almost um, wrong to partake in joy. I don't know that. And (laughs) my my daughter asked me why I looked pregnant the other day. So there's that.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's what you want to hear.
4: Absolutely. She always knows just what to say. (laughs) You're like, great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We all feel so close right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are you guys
4: doing anything for Passover or Easter in your house to... Have fun. I actually bought both um, American uh, Cadbury cream eggs and the parallel import British Cadbury cream eggs that you can get uh, at a place in Park Slope a few weeks ago. So I'm going to hide those, let Tug find one, and eat the rest myself. (laughs) Wow. uh, How many do you have? Like eight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a couple games for you. What do you say? You want to play a couple games that have nothing to do with anything? Yay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So here's what we've got for you. We have a, a game called speeches and songs. So each clue is a mashup of two clips. The first is an actor performing a famous line from Shakespeare. And the second is a pop song. So okay. you're just going to tell me the Shakespeare play or the song title or the band or artist, or you can just share a thought that you've had sometime in your life. That this is not well. a softball question, there. <laughs> <laughs> I said you could share a thought. You could share a thought. Right. Uh, we have loads of hints, and you'll be surprised. Okay. okay. All right. So, Emily, this is for you. The first part of this clue comes from Dominic West in a 1999 film adaptation.
2: The course of true love never did run smooth. <sighs> Just like the ocean.
4: Okay, the Shakespeare clip was Romeo and Juliet and the song clip played every 5 seconds when I was a pizza delivery girl <laughs> in Baltimore. That part's <laughs> correct. The name of that
0: song, right? <laughs> yeah. It's called Emily's Pizza Delivery Career.
1: Or the artist, yeah. you could also give us the artist.
0: Um Santana? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, so everyone thinks that quote is from Romeo and Juliet, but it's Demetrius from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, But yeah, that was smooth Santana featuring Rob Thomas, which makes just as much sense (laughs) as Santana working with Shakespeare, I suppose. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) All right, John, here's one for you. All the world's a stage...
2: And all the men and women merely play. I have no hope for the Shakespeare. Uh, I'm not even gonna take a stab at it. I secretly love that Taylor Swift song.
1: That's a good song.
2: It's a good song. It's a great song. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I think it is.
1: There's no shame. There's no shame in loving Taylor Swift. Uh, the play the play was actually as you like
0: it. Ah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Emily. Here's Helen Mirren as Prospera in Julie Taymor's 2010 adaptation. We are such
4: stuff as dreams are made on. Who am I to disagree? Uh, Can I just say the song first? Because that's Sweet Dreams Dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics.
0: That's right. That is correct.
4: And the play is a thing I should know. Is it? I'm just, look, I'm going to guess Romeo and Juliet for everything because eventually we're going to get there, even though I know that's not Romeo and Juliet.
0: Yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, that's the Tempest.
4: Right. Yeah.
0: And I went to art school, like, man. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we didn't write this uh, for you because of your Shakespeare knowledge. You're here because you guys are personalities and accomplished people who can play games.
4: Okay? That's Thank right. you for making me feel better about knowing exactly one Shakespeare play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, John, this is for you. It's your last clue. It starts with Lawrence Fishburne. I you.
2: Um, I'm gonna guess Othello for the quote, and I actually don't Ooh. know that song, <laughs> and it doesn't have any memories. Or anything. you know
1: what? Okay. You are correct. It is Othello. Well done.
0: Woo. Yeah.
2: Wow.
1: Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> All right. Getting a Shakespeare play, uh, and the song was actually Faith Hill. This kiss. Uh,
0: Oh, I know. I gotta say though that Othello, Lawrence Fishburne, very seductive. Yes. <laughs> in that, yeah. Quote. My I've... goodness, all breathy Can we just play that again crazy. a few times? Yeah, very <laughs> yeah, sexy I know. death scene. <laughs> it's the closest I'm getting to kissing during this whole pandemic, and I, my husband's with me. <laughs> um
4: <laughs> Okay, guess what? It's a tie. Yay! Yeah, oh, our yeah, marriage is know. so equitable. We're both Isn't it nice? a little dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> after the break we'll play another game with our friends emily flake and john Pastori, and later i'll talk to wtf podcast host and glow star mark Marin. i'm ophira eisenberg and this is ask me another from npr
1: Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founder Ken Grossman shares why he thinks of his company as a family, and not just because his daughter and son help run the brewery.
5: We've been focused from our beginning on trying to do the right thing. Our focus is to treat people fairly, to produce great products, to try to build a company and a culture that's sustaining. But it's also a community, a family To
1: learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Please drink responsibly.
2: I'm Guy Raz, and on NPR's How I Built This, how a simple splash of color accidentally launched Sandy Chilowich into a 40-year career as a designer, entrepreneur, and creator of the now-famous Chilowich placemat. Subscribe or listen now. This
1: is asked Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and learning how to cut your own hair. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. I'm growing out my bangs. <laughs> so this week, we're calling our friends to play some games. And right now, we're here with New Yorker cartoonist Emily Flake and her husband, John Pastori. Emily, John, do you want to play another game with us? Are you up for it?
4: Yes, we are. Let's do it.
0: Uh, this trivia game is about people, inventions, and works of art that were at first passed over, mocked, and yet... They later rose to prominence. It's a, this is game that really just brings together everybody's revenge fantasy. Okay, John. In the 18th century, this newfangled object was criticized for being too French and for defying the heavenly purpose of rain, which obviously was to make people wet. An umbrella. Yeah, that's
4: right. Well, too French. I was going to guess bidet, but <laughs> that's
2: where I was going at first.
1: Emily, here's one for you. In 1851, a rejection letter for this book read, First, we must ask, does it have to be a whale? We recommend an antagonist with a more popular visage among the young readers. For instance, could not the captain be struggling with a depravity towards young, perhaps voluptuous maidens?
4: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess Moby Dick. Hmm.
1: That is Correct. Uh I love I love that idea. It's very Hollywood. Does it have to be a whale? Can it be sexy ladies instead?
4: <laughs> Can we now rewrite Moby Dick with sexy ladies as the antagonist?
1: I think it's a I think it's a million dollar idea. Uh oh. Ophira's uh Ophira's audio has cut out. Can't hear you, O'fira.
0: Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, Yay! Okay.
1: When did you cut out of here? We were doing the Moby Dick question.
0: Yeah, was that fun? Did you guys have a good time with that answer? Since I It was to... a
1: blast. Oh. You, you missed maybe the best question we've done in this whole game.
0: Did you talk about the maidens? Did you talk about the maidens? We mm-hmm. talked about
1: we... the maidens and like a, we made some Hollywood jokes. It was a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. No middle-aged maiden. Did you talk <laughs> about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a maiden. Okay. John. All right. John, this former Baltimore anchor woman said that she was demoted for being too emotional. She said they didn't want to pay out my contract, so they just kept me on and said, we'll put you on this talk show just to run out your contract. Um, Oprah. That is correct.
2: Woo. Well, I, I, that yeah. was a guess.
4: Oh, hey, who's joining us? <laughs> Hi. This is, this is my daughter, Augustine, uh, also known as Tug. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi, Tug. How's it going? Good. Tug is seven and currently completing second grade online. Oh, are you learning a lot? Not really.
0: Not really. Not That's really. A lot. That's the yeah. same. Yeah, me too. Me I'm not learning. Nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk to your mommy for a second, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, here you go proving that critics are clueless, art critic Louis Leroy called this painter's work impression because it looked incomplete, more like a mere impression of a scene. He wrote, a preliminary drawing for a wallpaper pattern is more finished
4: than this seascape. Uh, Monet? Cloud Monet is correct. (laughs) I'd be in a lot of trouble if I biffed that one, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, Louis Leroy, or Louis Leroy. I have no idea, but I'm assuming it's Louis. It just would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> it just would. So typical. like a jerk. So yeah. typical
1: of the French to have a French pronunciation of their French <laughs> names. Sick of it. That
0: guy would hate cubism. He didn't even know what was coming. <laughs> I just want to say, live shows are so much easier. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also, thank you for being part of the most technically weirdly fraught trivia show (laughs) (laughs) I am a hero Emily, John you guys are the best thank you so much for dropping in and playing a couple games
4: thank you so much for having us this was so much fun
0: And we have two more friends on the line with us. We have power couple, singer songwriter composers Amy Mann and Michael Penn. Hello. Good morning. Hello. How's it going? How's it go? How are you guys managing?
3: What kind of pandemic are we having? Yeah. What kind of pandemic are you having? <laughs> Michael has been very productive. Like he's always working. He's he has a home studio and he's he's always working. And I have just been uh, kind of wandering around the house in shock.
1: Being in a home studio doesn't necessarily mean one is productive.
3: Michael has the appearance <laughs> of working every day. That's right. That's what it
0: is. <laughs> By the way, I don't know what room you're in, but that is a that's a nice built-in bookshelf. I'm just gonna say this is Michael's studio,
3: and uh, it's soundproofed, and it's got a, a secret bookcase door. <laughs> no way. Uh huh. Because I've you know, seen
1: the secret bookcase door. It's fantastic. Pretty great. Where does
3: it go to? Well, you go from the kitchen, the kitchen is kind of connected with a little library which serves as the dining area, and so the bookcase sort of makes sense with the the dining room, ah, you know, so then you go through the bookcase and here you are into the secret studio,
0: like you live within the board game clue, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know we've been also talking to other people that are couples that are together through this time. Uh, And it sounds like you guys are used to being at home together a lot of the time. So I'm sure your relationship already exists in that world. But has anything new come up? More arguments?
3: No. Cooking together? (laughs) There's definitely a feeling of relief that this is the person I am quarantined whiz yeah ditto and not other people oh yeah (laughs) one thinks about other people and one goes oh boy
0: that would be such a problem yeah yeah i'm also realizing that you know we bought a bunch of food and i'm not used to having this much food in my fridge and i am really bad at understanding how long things uh start to rot
3: Every time Michael buys bananas, I go through the same shock at how fast bananas ripen. <laughs> what well, these bananas? You just got them a week ago. <laughs> like yeah, bananas. You buy them when they're green, and then they turn a different color over a series of days.
1: <laughs> well, in my defense, the only reason I bought new bananas is because she separated the bunch of bananas and hid them in different places, I trying, so I didn't
5: know we had any.
3: Because I was trying. Because I looked up like how to keep bananas from ripening fast. Oh, I, was,
0: I thought it was some sort of quarantine <laughs> scavenger hunt. Yeah,
3: I'm, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm, it's like my, I'm hiding my nuts from your experiment. Which bananas ripened quicker than the others? It feels like it all. Like first of all, you're supposed to wrap <laughs> the stems in plastic or
0: foil or something. Oh yeah,
3: right. Oh boy. And also separate them. And I feel like that didn't do anything. Hmm. All that effort did nothing.
0: <laughs> all <laughs> that effort. Hours. Bananas.
3: Hours upon
0: hours. hours of banana separation <laughs> came to not <laughs> wasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, do you guys want to play a couple games with us? I mean, not really, but we will. <laughs> uh, great, great, great. Let's, uh, you know what? That is the closest to yes I could expect from anyone yeah, right now. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's fine. We have a music parody game for you. Fantastic. We have Jonathan Colton willing to play... Live. Yeah actually, I was just thinking, Jonathan, you must be yeah. very happy right now that you are a solo artist. Like I know you play as part of a band. you and Amy have played duets before, but yeah. right now being a solo artist, yeah. is really it makes is really... it
1: makes it possible for me to uh, you know continue my craft even though. right I'm alone.
3: So That's true. Just you need to get like a foot tambourine and cymbals, you know, that you play with your knees. Yeah, and...
1: like a bass drum that I wear on my back. Yeah, exactly. Stomp around yeah. mm-hmm. like smash, this is smash, smash, that kind of sound. Then get a monkey. Oh.
0: <laughs> Make the monkey play it all. Uh, quarantine with a monkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, I feel it. my heart goes
1: out to all the organ grinders out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. We rewrote funky songs to make them about funky things, as in strong-smelling things. Ah. So just tell me the stinky thing that I'm singing about and <laughs> or the original song title or artist. And just a, just an aside, I have to say, if you had told young teenage me that someday I would be playing funk songs about stinky things for Amy Mann and Michael Penn, I would have yeah. thought you were crazy.
3: Hmm.
0: Dreams a, come
1: it's true. It's an honor. It's an honor.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's a very specific thing to have said to anybody, so yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Even if you had told me last week, I might I might doubt yeah.
2: it. Yeah.
1: But here we are. Mm. So this one is for you, Michael. Okay.
2: It's a very stinky fruit. Native to Borneo and Sumatra. It's a delicacy, but it smells a lot like socks and poop.
1: Super freak. And jackfruit? Uh jackfruit is a fine guess. We were actually looking for durian.
0: It's happened again. It's happened again, Jonathan Colton. There was it's a time happened again, again. Where
1: where we were looking for jackfruit and somebody said durian and we didn't accept that answer and then we got in trouble.
0: We got more hate mail than yeah any other thing that's ever happened on this show. Wow. I love seriously. that this
3: has come up before. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs>
0: Now, you do a now, show long now enough, you, you, know. you run into the same issues. And I also love that you adapted
1: by deciding to go with the other one this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're like, you know what?
1: <laughs> Fine, you want durian? We'll do durian. <laughs> okay, Amy, this one is for you.
0: Stinking like
2: the devil I keep my shoulders stiff I can't raise my hand up In case you get a whiff My sweat glands have made me ruin my shirt again. It's it's Sly Stone.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, You know what I'm singing about?
3: I mean, just armpits. uh, Armpits
2: is correct.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) It is correct. (laughs) It is correct. Yeah. Wasn't sure what the target was, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a uh, a dig against my my lyric writing, but uh, I (laughs) (laughs) accept. Right.
0: Currently, I would say that my armpits smell like uh, midnight pasta for <laughs> bottles of wine and not enough showers. That is, I'm really glad you told me that.
1: Sarah. All right, where are we? Here we go. Michael, this is for you. Okay. This fossil fuel has got no smell. If you had a leak, You could never tell. Someone smart added stuff that smells like fart.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh
1: huh. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. say gasoline. Natural gas. Natural
0: gas. Okay.
1: Well, James Brown. Uh, James Brown. (laughs) That's right. Papa's got a brand new bed. Natural gas does not smell like fart to me.
3: Agree. It, <laughs> I totally agree with that.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the fart too. Let's be honest. Yeah.
0: Sure. If you if you've just been eating eggs. That's true. Or yeah. or gas. Or natural gas. gas. <laughs> or gas. Yeah. You
1: swallowed a lot of natural gas. Uh, this is the last one, Amy. This is for you.
0: It's all riding on this. Oh boy. Yes, he was mindin' his business Just
2: eating grubs and earthworms Then he saw a cougar So he just turned around and I sang Spray those funky scent glands, striped boy Right there near your anus, you. Spray those funky scent glands, striped boy Lift up your fluff tail and spray those funky chemicals, look you Jesus Christ
1: this I mean is Dignity's really amazing. You, you
3: have think? hit it's amazing The apex Of your thank Talents you. With that
1: Oh thank you so much
3: Anyway it's a skunk It is mm-hmm. a skunk
1: Yeah and, Do you know the name of the song
3: uh, Play the funky music White boy Is That's the
1: song right. Yeah You got the name of the song You got the uh, Stinky thing I was singing about Well done
0: <laughs> <laughs> And not only that Guess what Amy you won
3: I've never been so proud
2: ha <laughs> that a little I'm sarcastic.
3: Glad. I'm glad this, uh, <laughs> yeah. I hope there's some kind of trophy or a cup. No, we um, can't nope, give nothing. you anything that we yep. touched, so That's you don't right. get anything.
1: <laughs> just just our appreciation.
0: <laughs> All right, Amy Mann and Michael Penn. Your next and last game is an audio quiz that is especially relevant given what happened earlier in this episode. It's called Connection Difficulties and it's all about the sounds you might hear when you are trying to connect to someone or something.
3: I hope it's AOL circa 1990. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that I can Do not ruin the game! Do not ruin the game! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Amy, this is for you. You'll hear this bop when you're waiting to connect with someone on this video chat service. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah. Skype. Yes. Skype, baby. Oh, yeah. It's such a groovy little tune.
0: Somebody I crafted love it. that
1: sound.
3: I know. It is pretty groovy.
0: Although Skype is really rethinking their branding right now. They're like, how did yeah. we lose this? I know. How did we lose I know. this? I know. I, know. <laughs>
3: I have faith in them. They'll figure it out, and then they're going to bounce back with that sound. <laughs> boom, That's right.
0: Boom. It, is, it is nice.
1: All right, Michael. This one is for you. All right. Okay, name all the stations we just no, Uh There'd be 93KHJ, KMET. Um. So, if you are hearing a lot of radio interference, it could be because you're tuned into a station using this older radio technology. Which is older, AM or FM? AM. Yeah, you knew that right away. That was That's an correct. Instant That's right. answer. Amplitude modulation.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. We weren't Look at Mr. expecting Smarty that. Over here. <laughs> Mr. Smarty Pants. <bits. laughs>
1: And, of course, the difference between AM and FM is how the radio waves are manipulated to encode the data. So if you look at the sound wave, AM radio, the heights of the waves change, the amplitude changes. And in FM radio, it's how far apart the waves are that changes to encode the information. Also, FM radio plays deep cuts.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, Amy. Sorry, I'm having trouble understanding right now. Please try a little later. Do you know which of our robot overlords that is? Oh, it's Alexa.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't Alexa. use Alexa because that is scary to have somebody it is scary. in your house listening to you and recording things that you say.
1: You mean like what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, look around you.
0: Well, okay. So if that's not scary enough, uh, last year Amazon used something called neural TTS technology to allow Alexa to convey various emotions with her voice. Oh, so God. now when she speaks, you can detect like excitement or disappointment at various levels of intensity. You know, sometimes I can detect that in Michael.
2: <laughs> that cheap, cheap joke. <laughs> cheap, but it's done. <laughs>
1: All right, Michael, this is the last questions for you. Okay. Uh, you know what that sound is? Yes, it's the AOL chat, but I can't remember what it was called. Is it Yeah, AOL? no, that's that's right. It's, yeah. it's AOL Instant Messenger. Instant that's, Messenger. Uh, that's the somebody AOL. signing off on Instant Messenger. Yes. That's
0: right. And that door needs some grease. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I always thought, I was like, why is there a creep? Is everyone leaving through a creepy door? Why is there a creepy <laughs> <It's> door? <laughs> everybody's living in a haunted house in the world of AOL. Yeah. So not that points are a big deal, but I just want to let you know that... It's a tie. I challenge the result. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. This is fun. Mm-hmm. I, had, I hate to say it, but I kind of like it better without an audience. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: thank you guys so much. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank, that thank was you. Fun. Coming up, I'll talk to WTF host Mark Marin. And if we ever needed to know WTF, it's right now. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message comes from Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic meal kit offering plans for every lifestyle, including paleo, plant powered, keto, and balanced living. With their wide variety of high quality, clean ingredients, seasonally sourced for peak freshness, you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got on your table. Go to greenchef.com ask80 and use promo code ask80 to get $80 off your first month.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments.
4: If an elephant feels threatened, watch out. The Elephants have picked up people and literally hurled them across the floor and just broken them. How can these two species live together in peace? New Ways of Resolving Conflict. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.
0: Just a heads up, we taped this interview with comedian Mark Marin back in April, only about a month after we started producing the show from home. Enjoy.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Okay, we have a special guest, and he is amazing. We've been wanting to have him on the show for years. He hosts the podcast WTF with Mark Marin, and he has a Netflix comedy special out right now called End Times Fun. It's Mark Marin. Hey, Mark.
5: Hi. Hi. Have you really wanted to have me on for years?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I feel like, so this show has been happening for seven years. Uh-huh. And I distinctly remember, like right in the beginning, as we were still kind of envisioning how the show would work, you were on our list. However, we were in New York, you were in LA.
5: Oh, so it had to be done in New York. It's like my show. You only do it live face to face.
0: Yeah, because usually we're at the Bell House in Brooklyn.
5: At the Bell House. And, That's right. And Jonathan plays songs. That's yeah. right. I get it.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Now we're stuck in our we're stuck in our home studios now. It's a very That's different right. very different vibe all of a sudden.
0: Now Mark, you asked if we had met before. And yes. the truth is yeah. that when I moved to New York, I moved to New York in 2001 and I would go to eating it in yeah. the Lower East Side at the Old Luna Lounge because I was right. be doing stand up and I wanted to be part of that show and obviously that was a huge part of your life.
5: Okay, so I did meet you. I probably was rude to you or did something bad.
0: Well, it was, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest with you...
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's get it out. Let's process
0: no, it. Actually, honestly, we didn't have a lot of interaction because I was a comic from Canada trying to be part of a New York scene, and you guys were all the people doing it, and I just, you know, honestly just wanted to be liked and hang out with people. That's all. Right. So that yeah. was,
5: like, that's how I know your name, th- that and from this show. But, like, it did, it, feel, it felt like your name was... Uh, deep in there in my head deep in there yeah
0: so i which is you know i think about when i moved there and you know more about it because you were part of that scene and i just swooped in but to think back to a time where alternative comedy was a a thing it was a thing people were scared of they were clubs were mad about yeah you know and it was basically just people trying to create their own stuff
5: I guess so. Yeah, that's for sure. I was coming at it from a club background and for me uh that venue just provided a, a, the idea that we had to go with something fresh and, you know, improvisational every week or maybe that was what I decided yeah, in my head. Yeah. That was head. the
0: premise, right? That everyone was supposed to bring new material. I think
5: so. Yeah, and that was that's always been sort of the way I write, so to to force me into it on a weekly basis was a very useful Tool that I, I still use and it was easier to do it there than to do it at a mainstream comedy club. So I still do all of my uh, writing uh, in real time on stage by taking mm-hmm. ideas and, uh, th- you know, thoughts up there. I don't know how it happens. I really don't. It's like some sort of weird magic. But like the new special took me year and a half, two years to really sort of bring it all together and have a through line and land somewhere. And it was sort of evolving right up until the week that I did it. Uh, and yeah. then it, then I really tightened it up and I really made some choices around it. But, but I think eating it or that show down there was, uh, was really helpful to me.
0: Uh, so your, your special is called Ed Times Fun and just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's sound, I mean, how does it feel, first of all, to have a prophetic comedy special? Because it sounds you could I could say right now I'm recording a comedy special called End Times, and people would just assume that I'm streaming it from my living room this week. But yeah. you actually recorded this uh, October. October.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, these are themes that you know, sort of, they became more immediate to me. I mean, since even the last special, Too Real, mm-hmm. uh, it sort of has underlying it has jokes in there referring to that political shift and that was just in that was done in 2017 but it wasn't the original name oh for the show really but it was the same idea but i wanted to i was very dead set on calling that show jeremiah and (laughs) and and robbie at netflix was like we're not calling it that i'm like (laughs) it but that's what it is it's going to be a Jeremiah ad. And he's like, I I don't know what that is. No one's going to know what it is. <laughs> and, you know, you have that up on the menu and on Netflix. They're not going to know it's a comedy. They're not, you know, you got, they have to know it's a comedy special. And I, I was like, but uh, it has to be Jeremiah. We'll, we'll put the definition up next to it.
0: Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> we love definitions.
5: <laughs> Hold on a minute. I'll tell you what the definition is. Um, a long, mournful complaint or lamentation. A list of woes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I thought
5: like, and then we'll just put in parentheses, but funny. But funny. But, and, but, then, yeah. and then start the special. Comedy right. Jeremiah. Yeah. But he was like, nope. And I'm like, fine. And then I'm like, How, okay, end times fun. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I think people are hanging that, uh, that, that somehow it's prophetic in, in this COVID-19 thing that we're involved in. But I think maybe... It's an observation about people and about, you know, catastrophic times.
0: You know, and I was just thinking from the point of view of, so you, you know, you have this material that is part of the special that was recorded in October and you're working on it for a year and a half. But let's just say the timeline was shifted. Yeah. uh, You would not, I mean, that material, you would have to throw that material away to a certain extent. Everyone's going to have
5: to throw their material away now. Yeah. I mean, we don't even know if we're going to be able to perform in front of real people anymore, live living people. We might just have to be, you know, collect a, an audience through, a, you know, Zoom meetings. <laughs> How many little box head, head boxes can you get on one screen? How yeah. high does it go?
1: It's kind of crazy. It's like it's like uh, podcasting was a thing that grew and grew and grew until it just now. It's the whole world. Everybody yeah. is podcasting Everyone. all the time, just in it's, their personal interactions. It's everybody's talking into a microphone wearing earphones. <laughs> it's
0: crazy.
5: Yes, it's true. It's true. That is the world we live in. <laughs>
0: Uh, Mark, when you started WTF in 2009, mm. you talked about it. You were broke, depressed, divorced. Yeah. Um, at that moment, nobody was doing podcasts.
5: It was not a popular popularized medium, nor was it, uh, were there any really methods of making a living that y- you could really bank on. I, I think right. that there were a few guys doing something, and I was coming out of radio, and I needed to do something. Yeah, and we figured out how to do it, but yeah, the early group, the uh, the community of podcasters, all of us sort of had to learn as we went, you know, because like you know, after I started, I think Rogan came on and Hardwick started. I mean, they definitely, I think they started after me. Doug Benson might have been going already, but there were a handful of us that came out of comedy that knew each other. Me and Brendan, my producer, (laughs) we didn't know how to what we were going to do. We were taking donations and sending stickers and t-shirts to people. I was had a, a house full of. You know, envelopes. You know, going out to people that we could, you know, kind of talked into making a monthly donation of five to ten dollars, and you know, we really had to just figure out how to, you know, make a business out of it. Right. So, yeah, it, it it got a little weird. It, it is a little weird, uh, and you know, I just I always discourage people. There, I I was.
0: <laughs> I do too. I always <laughs> discourage people. Uh, so, but so you're doing stand-up at the same time that you are starting doing WTF. Always doing stand-up. I'm a stand-up Always comic. doing stand-up. It's my job. Uh, touring everything, yeah. and then of course, as the popularity of the podcast increases, your shows. I'm sure it just changes for you.
5: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people early on that came over from the radio, from the political radio that I was doing, but I didn't really. I I stopped doing politics when I started the podcast altogether. Yeah. Uh, but from some of them hung around. But then people started to come around. And then I got to be known as an interviewer. And as this, people would love me as an interviewer. And I'd be like, but you know I do stand-up. It used to aggravate me. Like, they didn't know my stand-up. But as time went on, everyone kind of started to know everything. And now, you know, Glow's involved. And there's just, unless you're a certain level of celebrity, a lot of people still don't know who I am or which me is me. Like, a lot of people still can watch Glow and be like, I didn't know he was a stand-up. Or he has a podcast. I mean, those questions are asked around the world every day alongside of, like, do you think I have it? My throat hurts. So...
0: (laughs) And then, of course, on top of it, acting, Glow is obviously an amazing hit on Netflix. You play Sam Sylvia, the women's wrestling coach and promoter.
5: The manager, yeah, the director guy. But yeah, the acting thing, it's, a, it's an odd... When I started the podcast, I had sort of given up on and really let go of most of my dreams because I was <laughs> in a bad place. I didn't have... I couldn't sell tickets as a comic... I don't even think I had acting representation. You know, I knew I, I you know, I did comedy, but it wasn't like I was nationally known or 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 could put in seats. I certainly didn't have an acting career. I'd done some radio. and but the thing is weird, that's weird is that I do think in my heart that I did let it go. Like, you know, there's a certain point in your life, and there's a thing I was always hung up on in my head, which was like you have to realize your limitations you know, part of being a grown up, you know, and 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 accepting sort of where you are. I knew I didn't have a plan B, but I also, it didn't seem like I was going to be a big comic or 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 have any of, I or get my own TV show or any of that. And I, I just had to grow up and deal. And I let it go. Um, and then because of the podcast, I, a lot of these opportunities started happening. And I did my own show for four seasons and I was cast on Glow. I knew what was up. You know, I wasn't afraid of it. I'd been on a set. The character, you know, for me the one problem with being an actor is people know me very well from my comedy and from the podcast that they're like, well, you're just kind of doing you. It's like, well, I think most (laughs) actors are, but you just happen to know me better. So I don't get the, uh, the option of mystique, which is sort of annoying. (laughs) Right. But, uh, but, um, but like Sam is, you know, he's not quite me. He doesn't have any self-awareness and he's not neurotic. So, you know, there's, there are, you know, there was some, there was some craft applied.
0: Uh, by the way, how are the cats doing with the quarantine?
5: Oh, they're great. They're, I'm here all the time. They love and it. And they love
0: that. Yeah. I
5: think so. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to tell with cats. <laughs> you know? Like, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think they love it. They could be like, why is he here all the time now? <laughs> um, but oddly, you know, Monkey is doing okay. You know, his sister died a few months ago and... Wow. And I'm, you know, but he's okay. You know, he's, I'm, I gave him subcutaneous fluids last night, but he, uh, I don't yeah. know. Like it's a trip, man. But yeah. I mean, he's, he's got hypothyroid and his kidneys are starting to go, but he's, he's been good. And, and the other one, Buster, the kitten is getting fat and beats up on the old man monkey. And you know, they're all right. I just got the two, but, uh, yeah. but they seem good right now.
0: Uh, we have a, uh, we have a silly fun quiz for you. mm. Did you did you watch Cats? Mm-mm. No, no, perfect, good, That's really help, yeah, uh, because we know you're a cat lover, and so your game is called. Did this happen in the 2019 film adaptation of the timeless Andrew Lloyd Webber stage musical Cats? Mm. So if you manage not to see this movie, good for you, but the actors are covered head to toe in computer generated digital fur. Mm. So this game is about some of the out there things that happened in the movie. You just answer true or false.
5: Do I get to know how many I got right at the end?
0: Absolutely. All we do is tally. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark, true or false? In the movie version of Cats, there's a song and dance number featuring mice played by children and cockroaches with human faces.
5: God, I hope so. I want to say yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's true. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
5: Now I want to see it. It is a
1: disturbing sequence.
5: <laughs> Seems like the whole thing's kind of disturbing.
1: Well, the whole thing is kind of oh, disturbing, very... but that in particular comes very early in the film. And it's I a have little... a very hard
5: time watching movies because they're bad. Me Some people too. can do it. Like people are like, oh, this is great. It's so bad. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs>
1: All right. Here's another one for you, Mark. Yeah. Sir Ian McKellen laps up milk from an oversized dish. Oh, yeah. Picture it in your mind.
5: Yes. It, yes. I, I'm going to say yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also
0: happens.
1: (laughs) It's totally gross. It's not a thing that you want to see.
5: Oh, my God. I got to see this now.
0: (laughs) Jenny Annie Dots, played by Rebel Wilson, unzips her skin to reveal a costume underneath.
5: Why would you make that up? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go with true.
0: That is true. Yeah, that is true. Another thing that happens. (laughs) That would be too creative
5: to make up. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I just want to say somebody made it up because Somebody the movie.
0: made it up just, right. they were so, It's like Silence of the Lambs meets Cats, how exciting
5: Wow, I gotta see it now <laughs> yeah.
0: James Corden as Busterfer Jones rolls around in garbage and then takes a swig of a champagne bottle
5: that's gotta. Be, that probably really happened to James Corden,
0: <laughs> like all the time. That's just that what he does. Took that,
5: they took that right from James Corden's life. That's definitely happened in. That cash. totally happened. Yeah. That
0: totally happened.
1: Uh, here's another one. James Corden's late night rival Seth Meyers briefly appears as the host of Late Night with Seth Mewers. No. <laughs> You're doing very well. That is false. <laughs> I've got to say, right. none of these seem any more or less crazy to I know, to me, they're clearly, all the same. You've got good radar.
5: Thank it you very much. It, Am I going to win?
0: Lo- it's looking good. We've got two more. <laughs> uh, okay. Just remember what the stakes are. I, they're high. <laughs> they're super high. <laughs> all right, Idris Elba's character, Macavity, appears on a magazine cover as the sexiest cat alive. True or false? True. I'm sorry, that is false. Oh. Yeah.
1: Your first weakness. We found your first weakness.
0: It's okay. It's okay. Idris Elba, by the way, is doing better. Is he? Yeah, I checked I checked before we decided to have this question, because I was like, God, if the guy is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A... <laughs> That's a good call. All right, here's
1: your last question. In the original theatrical release, the special effects weren't finished, and Dame Judi Dench's real human hand could be seen.
5: <sighs> no.
1: False. <laughs> that is true. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they didn't get to it. I know.
0: Such a (laughs) haphazard approach to filmmaking, cats. Mark, I know we said we tally, and we did, but you know what? It doesn't matter, okay? You did great.
5: Thank you very much.
0: Uh, You can watch Mark's latest comedy special, End Times Fun, on Netflix right now, and you can hear episodes of his podcast every Monday and Thursday Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks. That was fun, you guys. Take care of yourselves. Thank you, Mark. That's our show. But before we go, last week we asked you to call the Ask Me Another Hotline and tell us what's the most shameful thing you've eaten in quarantine, and you did not disappoint. Here it is.
2: Hey, AMA team. This
5: is Robert Might in Fresno, California. This is Matthew Mergia from Kensington, Maryland.
2: This is Lydia Katzel from Seattle, Washington. This is
0: Franny Verito from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Stephanie Shattuck from San Francisco, California. Nancy McLemore, Birmingham, Alabama. I fried up some okra, but the okra tasted a little bit like funnel cake and I dipped it in powdered sugar.
2: Frito and egg tacos. I put coffee grounds and chocolate pudding in hopes of making mocha pudding. It didn't
0: work. It was just gritty. Four pieces of cherry pie a la mode followed by a glazed donut chaser. I had vodka and crackers for dinner on Friday night.
5: I have eaten nothing but tuna salad sandwiches for about a week now. I really hope I get something else to eat soon. And I will. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye.
0: Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey,
1: my name anagrams to thou to
0: Our puzzles were written by Kyrie Greenberg, Carol Lee, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Kate Villa. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchak, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, James Barber, Ramel Wood, and our intern Nick Garrison. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC, and I can't wait to get back to the Next time on Ask Me Another, we chat with Academy Award-winning actor Hilary Swank about her new Netflix series, Away. Then the hosts of the new Audible original, Vroom Vroom, Andy Richter and Yvette Nicole Brown play a game about song lyrics read by children. And we welcome back the hosts of the Doctor Game Show podcast, Joe Firestone and Manola Moreno. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.